Truth and Reality with host Chris Houston. A show for those with a passion for the paranormal. And now, welcome to the show. Welcome to Paranormal Truth and Reality. I'm your host, Christopher Houston, and we're here with Joe McCarthy. Joe is actually a paranormal investigator. He does things a little bit differently than most people. He's been in it for a little while now. Welcome, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? Oh, can't complain much. On the road over the weekend, but that's the part of the paranormal life, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> so... Tell us a little bit about uh, what got you into the paranormal. What got me into the paranormal, um, well, I founded my team back in 2012 and trying to find out if there's, like, other paranormal teams are are, um, trying to figure out if there's life after death. And since then, I I went to different haunted places, and those places are Gettysburg. And uh, I just want to tell you what I found well, my mom actually took a picture of my friend and I in Gettysburg and um, Gettysburg Address um, Cemetery. And we, she took, and I noticed, she took a picture of my friend and I and noticed a figure, a soldier, a Confederate soldier on the left side of the corner of the picture. Huh. And Gettysburg is actually a fascinating place. I know... Uh... I haven't had a chance to investigate there yet. I'm going up there this summer um, to meet with a lot of wonderful people and, and uh, go to the nice Gettysburg uh, Haunted Fest, I guess you could say. They do a nice little con up there every year that I'm going to go to. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hear it's an amazing place. <laughs> it is a really cool place. I've been there only once and really enjoyed it. So um, did, when you started, um, did you start because you – had experiences in the paranormal or was it one of those things you just kind of, you were curious and figured, Hey, I'll dive in. I was curious. You know, I love people like you. I do. I I absolutely love people like you. A lot of us start because we have personal experiences and we dive in, we spend a generation out there. Um, But the curious minds I find are the most interesting because they keep an open mind differently than most people. You get kind of stale when you do this for 20 or 30 years. I hate to say that, but, um, you know, I'm always open to new opinions. I'm always learning and so forth. But I've spent so many years behind the scenes and so many years in college universities that uh, you you tend to hang out with the stale minds, I guess you could say. And the curious minds, the people that go into it with no experience, no previous understanding of ghosts or really interest in it, but then they get fascinated once – one day and then they come diving in they tend to see things and experience things differently if that makes sense (laughs) yeah it does um so after gettysburg i've been to lizzie borden house (laughs) you ever heard of lizzie borden before yeah absolutely i mean she you can't hard you can't hardly can't really uh uh, not know about Lizzie Borden. I had the privilege of actually spending the night in the house for a book that I helped write with somebody else. He took all the credit for the writing. I was a, a ghost author, but uh, the goal of the book was to spend the night in uh, haunted locations across the whole United States. And the Lizzie Borden house was one of those where they gave us the privilege of staying there. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very unique place. Very unique place. I can't say I had a lot of haunted activity that night, but it was interesting. <laughs> it was, it was for me too. Like I only stayed stay there for one night. Um, I forgot. I think it was Sean Morris's room I stayed in. I believe I can't remember. It's been like a, a, a couple of years since I've been there. Um, but uh, we only captured like EVPs, pretty much. That's all what happened when I went there. Interesting. And I actually captured one in particular EVP. Um, I think it was from Mr. Borden saying he tried to run away from his killer or something like that. You hear it clear as day. He tried to run away. 
which just kind of amazes me because they found him dead laying on the um on the sofa, right? Uh-huh. Well, uh, he, yeah. he could have tried to run and then got to the sofa, and by that time he was already injured, so he fell down on the sofa and then died on the sofa, and people would have assumed he died while he was sleeping there. So it could be possible. Maybe he saw the attacker before that happened and tried to run away. Mm-hmm. And the, the other place I've been to was Sterling Opera House in Derby, Connecticut. I've heard a lot of things about Sterling. I've never been there, but I've heard a lot of investigators go there, and they've never told me anything negative. <laughs> um, and also, do you know Ghost Hunters investigated there as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, uh, my sister crew actually set up for them before they came in and when they went to Sterling. Um, that's how I heard that it's a, it's a really unique place originally. Um, listeners, just so that you know, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, a lot of these shows, they use A crews and B crews. And B crews generally are contracted in to set up all the video. Mm -hmm. we, we run wires. Yeah, we run wires, set up everything so that they can put their cameras up. We run the power cords, make sure everything's cleaned out so they have a, a safe walkway and a track when they're filming, things along those lines. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Um... I also, one of my favorite places to go to is somewhere really close to me. Um, it's, a, it's a local cemetery called Elder Blue Cemetery. And it's very, very an active place and very haunted. Hmm. What I captured there was I was in like a little crypt area um, where they used to store the bodies for um, when they... Um, for when they actually... I'm sorry, for when they, when they were... And during the cold winter times, before they got to be buried. And when I was there during the day, you see like a shadow figure walked right, ne right next to me and then went to the side of me. Well, that's and I captured cool. that on video. That's actually really interesting. I can honestly say that uh, I haven't captured a lot on video throughout the years. I've been doing it for 23 years. I don't think I've gotten any solid video evidence i i love it when people get it um i've gotten outstanding evp evidence but uh it, it's hard to catch something on uh on video <laughs> mm. yes it is um my favorite devices that i like to use in the, in the paranormal are the digital recorder because i just want to let you know i am partially deaf and I also have disability so it's hard for me to hear them sometimes um, for what they're trying to say so uh, my favorite thing is the ghost box and also the digital recorder so I can hear them in real time you know that's interesting and and of course um, being partially disabled um, makes you very unique in the paranormal. And that's something that people should actually, you know, pat you on the back for a little bit because it's it's tough enough doing this job when you have no disabilities. But if you're partially deaf or have slight disabilities, it makes it a little tougher to do the job, but it also opens up doors because you have insights, you see things, you hear things that sometimes we overlook, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I would say that um, you, in a lot of ways, could be a real role model to uh, to many other people that are, are disabled that have always been curious about the paranormal. But in one way, shape, or form, somebody's told them, well, it's not for you. Well, you're not going to be able to do that. Well, you're living proof you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I actually appreciate that. I, I think it's, it, it, it's a great honor to have you on the show because of that. Because the paranormal is a tough place as it is. Going to these locations, spending 13 hours out, looking for the evidence. Like you said, if you're partially deaf, it's tough to hear things. So you got to pay attention to that a little bit closer. And some of the obstacles to go through at these locations are a little rough, too. So anybody going through it has a hard time as it is. But um, you're living proof that anybody can do it. All you have to do is have the passion to do so. Um, yeah, and that, that that's an awesome true. thing. Yeah, that that's yeah. an awesome thing. Um, I I can't assert that enough. So let's let's take it. You you talk about some of your locations and some of your devices. How long have you been doing the paranormal? Since 
2012. Okay. So you're fairly new to the paranormal, probably still learning a lot of things. I know it took me 10 years to realize, well, I, I tell everybody this in my speeches. It took me five years to realize I was actually what I was doing. It took me 10 years to realize I was doing it all wrong. It took me 20 years to realize I probably should have listened to other people. And here I am 23 years later, and now I understand a lot of it. So the le real learning process has just begun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, I mean, being a new person, being just into it, you probably have seen a lot of amazing things for the first time, I would think. Yeah, I have. Let's talk about that a little bit. When you're, when you're a, uh, an old investigator like myself, um, that's been in the paranormal for many, many years, you get so used to these things. But when you're a new person with new eyes... The world is fascinating. Um, how did you feel the first time you actually walked into a room, even if you didn't have the recorder, and something spoke to you that you knew wasn't in the room? Um, what, like, what you, like, I actually, like, notice, like, sense, like, senses stuff. Like, I can, uh, let's say you have someone passed something passed by me, I can easily see it, like, a corner of my eye sometimes. Or I can sense it, like, with, with, with coldness. Like, feeling, like, around me, like, what's cold. And also, like, if my hair standing, the uh, hairs are standing up on my arms. And pretty much with that. But sometimes I could also see them, sometimes. But, um... But mostly, it's just like do the corner of my eyes, pretty much. Corner of the eyes happens a lot with ghosts. Um, and there are two reasons for that, just so that the listeners know. Uh, the way the mind perceives your depth perception in your eyes is relatively unique. So your eyes try to depict anything that's out of the corners of it that can't be seen and then decipher it into the main visual area. When it does that, you see shadows and you see images. And if you don't know what that image is, a lot of times the brain tries to decipher it. So it, it causes an alarming situation because you see what could be a shadow out of the corner of your eye. Truth is, it may or may not be a shadow out of the corner of your eye. The brain's trying to decipher that. And the other theory on the whole situation is, um, and this has been talked about many, many years throughout the paranormal community, some people call it an excuse. Some people say, nope, that's just the way it is. Other people just kind of write it off. Is Ghosts don't mm -hmm. like to be seen. <laughs> um, yeah. They tend to uh, stay at, right outside of your vision. They're never caught on camera most of the time. In fact, they've been known to turn cameras on and off. It's virtually impossible to get solid evidence on what a ghost is. Um, though it can't be done. Uh, and and uh, just so that the listeners know, I'm going to be testing a project this summer on that. Um, and we're going to be videotaping it and filming it. And uh, I'm going to hand it off to somebody and let them do whatever they want with it after that. But the idealism is we don't really know what a ghost is in the first place. Yeah. So if we can capture that, the easiest way to do that is to capture that in the data. And yeah, the like best video to, or recorders, right? And the, the best DVD. way to do that is in multiple situations. What I'm doing is I'm taking all of what people don't do and I'm putting the science involved in this in a slow process. And I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about it. I want people to actually watch the videos and understand what's going on. But the goal is we're going to collect the data. I'm not going to be walking around like the regular paranormal investigators. I'm not going to be carrying EMF detectors. I'm not going to be carrying digital recorders. I'm not going to be carrying a camera to film anything. I want everybody else to do that. Mm -hmm. my, my job is to put the equipment out and record the information and see what the tests show. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have fun doing it. You love what you, what you do in the paranormal. So you want to be here if you, if you don't love what you do. Passion is a part of it. And I'm sure that's why you probably went into it as well. If, if people don't have passion, then 
what we run into a lot of times is why are you here in the first place? The paranormal is all passion. Nothing has been a proven situation. A lot of things have been proven through being disproven. Um, yeah. There's a lot of theory that's out there. A lot of the theory is backed up from real mathematics and science, but nobody still today knows what a ghost is. So you can't really apply any of that in what's oh, a fi- Sorry, go ahead. It's basically a, a, a ghost is a fictitious name. We assume it's a spirit. We assume it's a dead person. We assume it's something communicating with us. But how do we really know that? Yeah. Unless we captured it on data, like you said, right? Yeah, if you can capture it on film, if you can capture the data to find out what it really is. Um, and that that's really my search. My search is not in capturing the ghost. My search is capturing what it is and being able to define that and being able to define the community and find out why people are doing this, why it's so fascinating, um, and really dive into the reality of the situation. And the best way to do that is to just let everybody else, you know, I learned, I personally learned I could videotape teams all year long and all I'm getting is the drama and all the other nonsense. But if I just set up everything, and let everybody else do the work, then I can find out what's really going on. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get back into um, your drive a little bit and your passion that you mentioned that. You have the passion to go into the paranormal. You started investigating. You're fascinated with that, and you started you, – you put together at that point a YouTube program um, that most people don't know about. I've had the privilege mm-hmm. of see, seeing three of those episodes so far. They're very well put together. Um, and, uh, and, and it does show that, you know, you're, you're not afraid to go around and do these things. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. What are you planning on doing here in the future with your cameras and, and um, putting together for the audience? And, and uh, where are you planning on going this summer? Um, what was the last part again? What um, what are you planning on? Basically, what are you planning on doing this summer? Where are you going to go? What are we going to see on the video? <laughs> um, what I'm planning on doing this summer, um, going to different haunted places. I just recently got a book out of the library for different haunted places in New England. Um, and also, my mama's friend actually um, gave me a book about different haunted places ends in New England, so I may go to one of those um, places and um, around where I am from. So, um, and also I may be going back to some old places as well. Like I, I really enjoyed this particular place that I've been going to um, recently. Is Fort Rutherford. Fort Rutherford is a, an abandoned fort. Um, and Jamestown, Rhode Island. And I've been really liking that place because I haven't been I'm really going to, like, asylums or anything like that because there's, there's none around here. If they are, they're, like, locked down with walking key by the state or the police. And I don't want to get, like, if I go into those buildings, I don't want to get arrested or get a fine or anything like that. So... Uh, the, the closest thing is for those types of things for me is like the band of Fort and stuff. But, um, yeah, so I expect for like more, um, YouTube videos for like haunted ends, like I should be going to do some more of those stuff in the meantime. Well, you gotta really, uh, finding locations these days outside of the major locations, um, it's a it's a tedious process to be honest with you, um, and a lot of the big locations are either entirely too expensive for the average person, or they've been done to death. <laughs> and I also wanted to let you know my team has also been in a magazine a, a couple of years ago, like two years ago. My team has been in a magazine called Faith Faith F A T E magazine. Cool. Have you ever heard of that 
magazine before they do all the paranormal and also UFOs, Bigfoot, and all that kind of stuff. I think I have, I do believe. Um, in fact, I think I knew, knew somebody that wrote for it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm friendly with one of their editors. Um, and I also know the CEO of that of the magazine as well. They're really friendly with me and, and they like what I do and stuff. They try to help me out sometimes. Yeah, it's it's actually good to be published in magazines and to have articles in magazines. And um, I I spend a lot of time writing myself, um, but uh, I mean I haven't published in any of the paranormal magazines. Well, I can't say I haven't published in any of the paranormal magazines. I have just not under my name. I I sell my stories. So <laughs> um, I before to say what I, what I did before I I started. Paranormal. I, I, before I started paranormal, I was really interested in writing, and I actually wrote a book. Cool. Mhm. Mm a novella. Um, and actually, it got published um, through a company, a publishing company, uh, just like a little like short independent company. But after I figured out I didn't want to do that, I decided I wanted to do the paranormal instead. Well, you know, I eventually really... you might go back into that because I can tell you the paranormal's a journey. Um, once you really dig in, you find out that the paranormal's not just ghosts. Uh, you have a phenomenal amount of, there's literally hundreds of things that connect to the paranormal. Uh, from UFOs and Bigfoot and cryptids to the more controversial things every now and then, like time travel, all the way down to archaeology, geology. There's all kinds of things that hit the word unknown. Um, mm -hmm. And as you start building this journey, you'll start building experiences. Once you do that, you'll, you'll have enough information to sit back down. Somewhere along the line, you'll say, I want to write this book. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. So I got um, some questions for you, if that's okay. Sure, go ahead. That's what I'm here for. Um, what is your favorite evidence that you caught um, in the paranormal, and where was it at? Uh, there were two places, actually. Um, and I know people always raise cane about this, but the first piece of solid Class A evidence I ever got was at Myrtle's Mansion. Um, oh, I heard I, of that place. Uh, I was... Uh, out at New Orleans at the time, and then I was at Myrtle's Mansion. And ironically, the evidence did not come until after I got to the hotel, which was also claimed to be haunted down the road. I spent the whole time on the investigation. Um, I kind of giggled off Marie LeBeau. I giggled off the haunted mirror. I giggled off all of it because we didn't get any evidence. And then we got back into the hotel room. Uh, and after we got to the hotel room, um, I felt unusual. So I did an EVP, but I didn't check it. I came back home to the apartment and then uh, I felt unusual again. So when I was at the apartment, I played back the first one. And ironically, I got two things that were class A EVPs. The, when I was at the apartment, I, uh, my apartment, I went back to Wisconsin from, uh, New Orleans and I said, uh, is anybody in here with me? Can you tell me who you are? You know, all the basic questions. Then I played mm -hmm. it back, and I heard, is anybody in here with me? Yes. Can you tell me who you are? Marie LeBeau. Can you prove that you are here with me? Marie LeBeau is in the house with Chris. Um, and then I played back the original tape because I heard that, and I'm like, no way. That's impossible. Oh, so wow. I played, back, I played back the original tape, and the original tape, when I was sitting in the hotel, I was stating, and I just decided to put the recorder on because it's a haunted hotel, and I was stating, you know, it was a unique experience, but I'm not sure Marie Laveau was actually there. I'm not sure that the house is haunted. Yes, there were slaves present, so maybe there is something there I could have gotten somewhere else. And while I'm in the middle of that, um, and I'm talking to the other person that's there, laughter comes out, very distinctive laughter. Um, wow. and, and then I continued to say, of course, 
she did have the chance to say that she was there half the time. And then the laughter came out and said, I've been here all the time. Wow. Um, so they were both, both class A EVPs that were outstanding. And I did not get anything else until I went to, um, quite recently, I went to Octagon Hall. And when I was at Octagon Hall the first time, I very distinctively got communication that wasn't expected. I, we were walking up the stairs. My partner at the time said, uh, hello, is anybody here? Well, yeah. And then I said, okay, did you hear that? He said, yeah, I heard that. Hope I got it on camera. We did. Um, and then I walked up and said, hello. You could hear a woman's voice going, hello. And then I turned around and I said, Brandon, are there any other guys down there just to make sure? And right behind me on my left ear, it went, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, and we got all of that both times. And it, it's tough getting evidence in the paranormal, to be honest with you. It is. It's like a hit or miss. Pretty yeah, much. it is. But those are two Class A EVPs. Very, very rare to get. But phenomenal when you do. When you experience that, it's, a, it's, it's something that just makes you go, Hit the pay dirt. This is what I'm here for. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about pictures, of, like people capturing, like on still images of the paranormal, like light anomalies, or um, like I talked about about at the Gettysburg, like the apparitions, and, and what do you think about those kind of stuff? Well, being 23 to 33. 23 years in the paranormal, almost 30 years of looking into it. The one thing that I've learned about photographic images is they're going to get tore apart no matter what you do. So you can't use them as your own evidence. Most of them can be logically explained. Orbs are logically explained. Mist is logically explained. Uh, pixelation is logically explained. Even pareidolia in the images are logically explained. Does that mean that people are not capturing ghosts? The answer is no. I can only tell you the logical determination on what I see. I was not there. Um, so yeah. I don't think but I don't think photographic evidence on its own is ever going to get anywhere. I, it, it's fun, but it's never really going to get anywhere unless you take it four steps further. You, you have to have a lot of different things that all add up to a question in order to make sure that you have some sort of evidence so to speak and most people forget that they just want to jump on their video or they want to jump on their image and say look i spent 12 hours out i got this and i understand that listeners and, and investigators i understand that 100 percent. when you're doing an investigation for 13 hours straight and you go home and you find something you really really are proud of that but uh yeah. But you have to understand the flip side. From the scientific community, the paranormal study, us people that have been here for 20 years, we're only going to give you a logical answer when you post that on Facebook. We're never going to tell you, congratulations, you got a ghost. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about Ouija board, Ouija or Ouija boards or whatever you like to call them, <laughs> about those in the paranormal? Well... I had the particular privilege of over, gosh, five years, I think, almost six years. We did, we did a study, Ohio State University, Michigan University, Bowling Green University, and myself, uh, along with the professors. It wasn't just me. There were a lot of us involved. We did a Ouija board study. Uh, during that process, we participated with over 2,900 and some Ouija boards. Out of the 2,900 and some, I participated in at least 1,500 of those sessions. And what I found out was its ideometer effect and what people choose to make of it. It, had, it does not draw on evil. It is not evil itself. It does not speak to ghosts. It's not the way it works. I know it's people get mad. Yep, it's just a board game. I know people get mad at me when I say this. I know people contradict me when I say this. But here's the deal. Ouija boards are just like everything else you do in the paranormal. Now, can you communicate with a ghost? I'm not going to tell you no, you can't. But you can also communicate with a ghost with an EVP recorder. And to be frankly honest with you, you don't need anything 
You can stand in a room alone by yourself in a haunted location and say and ask the same questions. And if something's there and wants to talk to you, it will. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's just the way it is. So I like to call Ouija boards the biggest urban myth in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's not putting down anybody that wants to use them. It's really not. If you believe you can communicate with the ghost and your intentions are to communicate with the ghost, no matter how you do it, you may very well communicate with that ghost. That's fine. But people get the wrong impression from it. They want to say they're evil. They want to say they bring out demons. They want to say that they're like portals. Yeah, they're portals to to hell, excuse the term. And here's the reality. They're not. That's not the way it really works. There is no portal to hell. Demons do not come at a call and a whim on a board and some words. Evil does not work that way. And if, uh, let's just bring this to this case. Let's say if they actually do do that, they wouldn't even have it at like at toy stores or Walmart or anything like that, selling them to like kids to get to hurt themselves and stuff. They wouldn't even do that. Yep, yep. Well, that's the point. Parker Brothers found out the ideometer effect was there. It was a great little board game, and for years until the Exorcist came out, that's all it was. Just a board game, something people did in a slumber party to get scared or have a few giggles. Um, And then, of course, the exorcist came out and the church's words got twisted. And now Ouija boards are evil. Zozo exists, which is totally fake, by the way, listeners. If you ever do your research, no offense, Mr. Baggins, I love you to death. Zozo (laughs) is bullcrap. It is total bullcrap. There is no demon called Zozo. And they also, um, I heard, like, I know there's no Zozo and stuff, but I heard it also be called something else as well, like Mama and stuff like that. They all twist things. You know, there's a hundred stories and a hundred different things, and urban legends come and go. And and, uh, that's a part of the paranormal you have to reduce. Now, when I tell everybody this, and I'll tell you the same thing that I tell the listeners and everybody else, that does not mean there's not dangers. When I'm telling people this and I'm laughing about it, um, there are dangers in the paranormal. Evil does exist. Demons are around, whether people want to believe in them or not. Uh, Good and evil, heaven and hell, however you decide to describe that, does have a consistent battle. And there's always that rope being pulled left and right. And somewhere along the line, if you're in this long enough, you're going to see that. You're going to experience that and something's going to happen. But it's not going to happen because you pulled out a Ouija board. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I I don't believe in them. That's a good question to ask, but I don't believe in them. I don't think they work. I don't believe (laughs) in them either. I think it's just a board game, like you said. Yeah, well, that's what it is. And, and, And science misunderstood um ideometer effect the brain ideometer effect works in a lot of different ways uh it works with shadows in the back of your your eyes to the left or right it works on the ouija board and several other things when the brain can't decipher what's going on it causes your mind to actually decipher it for you this is also what pareidolia does the only difference between ideometer and pareidolia is you have your hands physically on a board that can move you have the words there so the brain deciphers it, and you don't realize it, but you always move that to the answers. Um, it's not a ghost. It's an individual moving it. The easiest way to debunk this, if people don't believe it, is the person operating the Ouija board put a blindfold on them. Take the Ouija board and flip it over, or flip the words over, or remove it and don't tell them that. And see where it see see if a ghost actually communicates. Because if the ghost communicates, it should know where that yes still is. It won't. It'll go exactly to where your brain told you it was. <laughs> yeah, I I've mean, actually not done before on YouTube. Pretty much, like they flipped over, do the test you said. Yeah, Penn and Teller actually did it a couple of years ago on uh, on YouTube and on live television. <laughs> oh really? Yep, absolutely. A little bit of a brief pause here. Listeners, you're listening to Paranormal Truth and Reality. 
Paranormal Truth and Reality is broadcast on BBS Radio. BBS Radio is one of the largest digital radio stations here on the Internet. I do encourage you here in the United States, if you're going to go with the best, go with BBS. We will be at Benton Farms this weekend at Ohio State Reformatory next weekend here at Paranormal Truth and Reality. I'll be speaking at Benton Farms there in Kentucky. Feel free to look them up. You're welcome to stop by. I'll be there in the afternoon. I don't know when they have me coming in on the stage. I will be introducing um, some brief pieces at Benton Farms, and at Ohio State Review Reformatory, I'll be introducing uh, BTCHN wear. That's right, bitchin' wear. Excuse the term. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, basically, it is a print shop, but it's a very unique print shop. Print shop BTCHN, ladies and gentlemen, so that everybody is aware, is a new concept that will be coming out here in the next year and a half. It's Generation Truth. Its original foundations were to talk about the next generation. We did a lot of video. We sold off a lot of video. We sold off a lot of words and a lot of images. We realized that within the community, there were a lot of things to combat, including bullyism, including the fact that there is really no actual para-unity that people want to talk about, uh, a lot of different things. So BTCHN is going to take a bit of a unique approach. Yes, you are going to see some videos. You're going to see them on YouTube. You're actually going to see them broadcasted on a couple of social media networks. And we are in deals to work it out on several streamlined locations. Currently, we are looking for a few partners to get involved in this. But be aware when you discuss it with uh, Generation Truth and Paranormal Truth and Reality, it's not your average show. So with that said... Get prepared for a bit of a shock in the paranormal community. That's right, everybody. I said shock for those of you listening. You, some of you will absolutely laugh your butt off. Some of you will absolutely get totally angry at what you're going to see. And a few of you will totally understand because there is education underlined in that. Um, we are at, talking to Joe McCarthy. Joe McCarthy is actually a investigator that started in 2012 in the paranormal. He has a few disabilities while he's doing this. We've been discussing some of his ins and outs. He's been asking me a few questions. I've been asking him a few questions. So we're just going to jump in here for the last 15 minutes or so. Joe, is there something that you want to tell the listeners that uh, you really just want to get out there? Well, I'm just really uh, hoping to um, take, let my show take off <laughs> and hopefully um, to one day be on television like Zach Baggins and, and a Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters, and hopefully one day my show can be up there. But I really hope that's for one day. But for right now, I just want to capture everything I can and capture the paranormal, capture the right, doing the right way and not the wrong way, and pretty much that. Well, I mean, you've got a good start. Don't get discouraged. I know that when you put together a lot of people, and I have this conversation with many, many people, being in promotions, being in marketing, working with television, working with the paranormal, working in a lot of fields that most people don't know I work in on a regular basis. Um, it takes a long time when you're putting all of this together to get noticed. And the more unique you are, the more noticed you get by YouTube viewers. But it takes a while to get your style down. Get your niche down. Once you do that, it takes a while to put together a good piece so that you can actually promote that and send it out to the networks behind the scenes. And um, all of that process pays off eventually. Mm -hmm. So don't get discouraged about it because it's a process that I've been doing radio for, gosh, this is my 11th year. It took 11 years to get roughly about 2,000 to 3,000 listeners at one point or another. And oh, wow. in most in most days while I'm doing digital radio, we probably don't even get that. In fact, I don't even ask my producer what listeners I get, to be frankly honest with you, because I don't ever want to know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, it's a process, and it takes a long time to do. It takes a long time to get recognized. And during that process, the one piece of advice that I would have for you is not only don't get discouraged, but understand there will be a lot of obstacles in your way. There'll be a lot of people that, that are going to tell you all kinds of things that will upset you, especially when you're on social media. There's going to be yeah. a lot of people that, that are going to block your way. And here's the deal. None of that matters as long as you enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely none yeah. of that matters. You know, 
I had that conversation earlier this week. There's a gentleman that put something up. A lot of people are telling him right off the back, the evidence is fake. And to me, to be frankly honest with you, it doesn't look real. But it's not my place to tell him it doesn't look real. If he believes it's real, if he had the passion to do that, if he wanted to express that, then that's what he's doing. And that's what matters. Who cares what everybody else says? I don't. <laughs> and that's why Zach got where he is. That's why um, Jason and Jason Hawes and Steve and everybody's reopening their show. That's why Tennessee Ray Chasers is out there doing their show right now. That's why Kindred yeah. Spirits is still on the air. That's why Nick Groff still struggles. Even though he loses the show, he will be back. Because mm -hmm. it's their passion. It's what they enjoy doing. It doesn't matter how many people say bad things about them. They're out there enjoying what they're doing. And they, they isolate that. They remove that. In the long run, it doesn't matter. People are still watching and they're still enjoying what they're doing. So who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so that would be my biggest advice to you um, starting off. And learn. Pick everybody's brain. Every single yeah. person. Learn from others. Learn from like I I I became friends with a lot of um, people that was interested in the paranormal. Like in the last year, I became friends with over a hundred people, and I learned from every single one of them. Like what they learned from in the paranormal for years, and take that down and to help me out with what to do in the paranormal. Like what I like to do. Well, what you're going to learn is you're, you're going to run into a lot of people that, uh, well, they don't have all their marbles in their brain. <laughs> but you're yeah. also going to run into those people that have been in for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And even a few, believe it or not, that's been in it just as long as you, maybe four or five years, give or take, that are brilliant people. And, yeah. and you're going to learn a lot from them. And, well, and they may you, even learn something from me. Or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, because it's a learning process. Then if you take that and you advance that to real paranormal study, which is what most people don't understand, and there is a difference. There's ghost hunting, and there's paranormal study. There is no such thing. The listeners, just so you know, and I know I'm going to take people off when I do this, but this is the truth. There is no such thing between a ghost hunter and a paranormal investigator. Hey, look, you're the same thing. You're out hunting ghosts. You're using cameras to do so. It's called ghost hunting. You can call it paranormal investigation if you want. That's fine. That's just another term. It's the same thing. Then there's real paranormal study. Real paranormal study is when you really start digging in. Once you get your hooks into ghost hunting, which people like to call paranormal investigation, and that's fine if you want to call yourself an investigator. A lot of people do, and I respect them for that. Um, once you get your nose into that, I would recommend going out and talking to real universities. Talk to real professors, real archaeologists, uh, real physicists, and really start digging in. Because then is when your brain just starts to explode. You're going, oh, my God, this is an amazing world. <laughs> uh, and do a lot of re research online if you can't even do um, go to like um, a school like that. Like You can do a lot of a lot of this information is also also online. Just don't be fooled by what you see online because not all the information is online. If you're going to do your research, for instance, if you're going to do your research in quantum physics, go to a university and read the papers um, because you'll type in quantum physics and you'll have a bunch of crackpots giving you a bunch of theories that don't work. But if you go to quantum physics and you go to the universities, you actually have a chance to read what quantum physics is about then you can start developing your own theories. And the same thing applies with all of it. There's some awesome stuff on the internet, and there's some excellent authors. They're amazing authors. Um, but there's also a lot of the in-between stuff that really is incredibly far-fetched. So you gotta, even though you have an open mind in the paranormal, you have to learn through experience, through years and so forth, what you seem is going to fit. And then apply it from there. Because otherwise, you're chasing orbs and 15 different races of aliens. And <laughs> you're chasing a bunch of things that don't exist. I'm sorry. I know I tick off a lot of listeners when I say this. And other listeners laugh their butts off because they've been in it for years. 
I've made phenomenal friends throughout the years because of my bluntness on that. But uh, there is a reality in the paranormal. And the reality is some of this is real and other parts of this are just un- people seeking help need to seek help. <laughs> uh, so ghosts, ghosts can happen. Hauntings can happen. Bad things can happen. Evil things can show up. It's very rare, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, UF, UFOs can be seen. Uh, in fact, I've seen one myself. Uh, it I does seen, happen. I, I've seen also some myself as well. When I was actually in California, near, around near like Area 51 around the highway, my family actually stopped on the road and we saw a bunch of aliens hover. Like, like not like you like strange identified um, UFOs hovering over the highway. Like we were like, what is that and stuff. And also, um, my family's also uh, interested in aliens as well. Like my my mom and my aunt actually. This is kind of weird actually. When they were little, they 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 claimed to be abducted by aliens when they were little. And, um, my aunt actually, um, since the abduction, that, they had the same dream and stuff. And I'm not sure if you believe in that uh, alien abduction, do you? Um, I, I'm a scientist, so I can't not believe something is going on there. I don't know what it is. I've, I've had the great privilege of speaking to some amazing people throughout the years, several of them. Uh, one of them being a psychologist that um, worked on alien abductions for years. Another one being somebody that worked with the gentleman on Project Project Blue Book. I, you know, there's a lot of unusual questions that make you wonder what's going on. I don't know if aliens are really abducting people or not, but uh, it's a fascinating subject. <laughs> yeah, and um, like I just want to finish what I was um, talking to you about. Like, my aunt, after that incident, that's what they told me. I wasn't there because I, I wasn't alive then. <laughs> it was when they were young, um, probably, like, um, very young. And well, I mean, had, a, lot of those, uh, a lot of those admissions happen a lot, to be honest with you. So, um, And then we're actually down to our last five minutes of the show, Joe, and it's been really fascinating talking to you. But let's talk okay. about where they can find your YouTube channel because I think it's very important to get that out. We'll, 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 I'm going to blast it out here in the next couple of weeks on most of my social media sites, everybody, so that you can see the links there. But let's uh, let's tell people what your YouTube channel is called and where they can find you. Okay, I have two YouTube channels. Um, YouTube.com slash Joseph McCarthy's Production. And also the other one is YouTube.com slash East haunting and make sure that you go to those ladies and gentlemen so that you can see that um we've been having a very phenomenal conversation between joe and myself it's wonderful wonderful joe i'll I'll shoot you over my personal number you're welcome to call me anytime we could probably talk for hours um but uh ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to paranormal truth and reality again paranormal truth and reality is on bbs radio bbs radio is the largest digital one of the largest digital radio stations here in the united states of america if you're going to think about a podcast video cast digital radio or so forth go with the best talk to donald go with bbs they'll take good care of you make sure that uh, if you are in the kentucky area and tend to a few of you people that may be listening tonight giggle giggle uh, <laughs> go to Benton Farms tomorrow. I know I will be there in the afternoon providing the weather and the car suits together perfectly fine. I'm sure she will. She's a wonderful beast. And I'll be doing a little bit of the speech talking about UFOs in general and uh, my personal opinions on a few things after the people I've talked to throughout the years, both on MUFON and uh, experiencers and so forth. Make sure you also go to Ohio State Reformatory. Next weekend, Ohio State Reformatory will be out there. I have two tables out there. There's going to be some star events. I do believe Chip Coffee is going to be out there. A few people from Ghost Hunters is going to be out there. Kindred Spirits is going to be out there. It's not a small event. So come join us. Make sure that uh, you buy the uh, hunt tickets. I do believe that each individual hunt is going to be handled by stars in the evening hours, Friday and Saturday, and possibly Sunday. Don't quote me on Sunday. So make sure that you buy into that a little bit. 
see the people that work on television, and stop by my booth. I'm going to have a couple of things, hopefully, from NICAM there so that you can see Joel's work. Joel Myers is on vacation this week, but he's a wonderful individual. Struggling artist, been trying to get an action camera out on the market. You're going to be seeing uh, Bitch and Wear for the very first time. We've got some very comedic shirts and a couple other things out there. We're going to be discussing our new show lineup uh, once we get, uh, get it cast. And uh, you're also going to have the honor and the privilege of hearing BBS Live at the Ohio State Reformatory, ladies and gentlemen. So we're actually going to be broadcasting this show Friday night at the Ohio State Reformatory and hopefully getting a few stars on. Um, so next Friday is going to be a wonderful show. Tune in for that. Joe, it's been a real privilege having you on. Uh, do you have any so much for having that, uh, and do you have anything that you really want to express to the audience before we let you off here in the next couple of minutes? Um, not really. I think we covered all of it. Well, just so that everybody knows, we're going to be doing a little contest. Everybody that has access to my Facebook page. Next weekend, I am actually going to be handing out one free T-shirt, one free mug, and uh, one free cozy to somebody who listens to the magic word. If you show up at the Ohio State Reformatory and you present the magic word today, and the magic word is be yourself, you've got a gift as well. So kind of a little key on the 4th, 5th, and 6th, I will be there at my booth. Walk up, give me the magic words, which is be yourself, and you'll have a free gift. That's the show tonight. I'm going to let you guys know, like I do every single night in the paranormal, truth should always be that reality. You've seen one aspect of that reality is we've had a very wonderful conversation tonight. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what disability you have. It doesn't matter what people think of you. The reality is you're doing what you enjoy. And in the paranormal, that's key. Your passion should always be first. And always understand that no matter how many people might downtread you, as long as you're doing that, that is truly what matters and somebody will always be in your corner. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk to you soon.